Hey, I want to jump on here real quick and give a big shout out to my buddy Colton Erring. Um, if you're looking for a good custom built saddle that fits mules and fits you, you need to check out Colt Saddlery. You find him on Facebook, Colt Saddlery, and uh, tell him Ty sent you. He will take good care of you. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. I'm Ty Evans, and so glad you're hanging out with us today. Uh, we just got back from Oregon and uh, had a good time up there. Uh, we was in Enterprise. We was. We were in Enterprise, Oregon, up there. Uh, we had a clinic that was in conjunction with the Hales Canyon Mule Days. Unfortunately, we had to come home, didn't get a hang out for Hell's Canyon Mule Days, had stuff going on, uh, had to get home and gear up. I'm about ready to catch a plane and head to Iowa. Uh, I got a clinic in, in uh, just outside of Des Moines, Iowa, Elkhart, Iowa that I'm headed to. So getting ready for that, getting packed up and uh, trying to get stuff sorted out at home. So anyways, I uh, want to do a little debrief on the Enterprise Clinic. Uh, talk about a few things that came up there that I thought might be of interest to y'all. Um, but really, the thought that I had as I was preparing for this episode really was, you know, you guys stop being so darn scared to start over. And uh, maybe scared isn't, isn't the correct word for you. Stop being irritated to start over. Stop being disappointed to start over. Stop being uh, agitated to start over, um, stop being lazy to start over. Um, anyways, you know, going back to the beginning and, and you guys have heard me talk about this, I'm sure on lots of episodes, uh, but it's good to hear this stuff over and over. So, um, I'm not trying to repeat it. Hopefully you're not trying to hear it, but you know, I've had the privilege of being around some, some really great uh, some really great individuals, some great trainers, great horsemen and women, great mulemen and women. And one of the best lessons that I've gained from being around these individuals, honestly, you guys, was to start over all the time. I've, and I've implemented this. And many of you have now watched me start over many times. In fact, if you watch closely, I start over every day with each mule. If you watch even closer, I start over moment by moment with each mule. And what I mean by this is, uh, you know, I'll come out, I'll, I'll do some groundwork. And in the beginning, maybe when I'm starting this mule as a young colt, you know, this groundwork could take quite a bit of time. Uh, you know, it might, it might take up the majority of the time that I have devoted to this mule to actually just do the groundwork. And that is totally fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, but as we progress, I will start over and this groundwork is only going to take me just a few moments. Some of you have watched me do groundwork and it literally has taken me 25, 30 seconds to complete the groundwork, but I do it every time. And as we progress, you know, uh, the groundwork isn't so, I guess, visible to some. They don't see the way that I catch the mules. Maybe they miss what I'm doing. Maybe they miss the way that I send the mule through the gate. They miss the way I send the mule up to the trailer to saddle up or to the tack room. 
they they miss the way I turn the meal away from the trailer. They miss the way I prepare the meal to uh, to stand to set to to mount, you know, and and all these things. So, but I start over every day. I I, I do it. I go through it. It just doesn't take as long. Um, and I think that's what gets in people's way in their minds is they think this is going to take so long to do if I go back. Um, and then when I get in the saddle, I go through every little thing. So if you watch me on, if we was going to ride all day, we had a 10 hour day gathering cows, a, a huge day. You, if you paid attention closely to me, you'd see me going through the checklist with that mule as I rode throughout the day. And I'd, I'd go up as far as I could and I get to what we call in this world, our wall. We get to the wall of our mulemanship ability. Okay. Then I go back down. I start trickling back down my list. I get back down to the basic pieces, and I still have another five hours to ride. I'm going to start working my way up that list just little by little by little. Now, you that doesn't mean you're sitting there like pounding this stuff on your mule. It doesn't mean like you are totally just going to it. Uh, you ease this stuff in throughout your whole ride. You're You're taking your time, and you're working through this you know, just a little at a time. So, uh, that way, when I get to a glitch, when I get to a, a, a problem, when I get to something that I don't really, uh, you know, want to have going on, you know, or, or I, I get to a, a piece of that checklist, a piece of this I'm, that I'm working on with the mule and it's really hard. Well, instead of just plowing through and making it happen, uh, I'm just going to go back a little bit and work on some of those previous steps because I know at this point, you guys, I have a, an understanding that, you know, all these pieces that we're working on, you're building the mule, you're building, you're building the body, you're building the, the mental, the mind. And while you're doing those, that's where the maneuver is built. So there's all these pieces that are going into this. Now, why I'm bringing this up is uh, one of the participants who I am extremely proud of this last week in enterprise, she did an amazing job, but that was kind of her, that was kind of her light bulb moment. She told me was, Oh my gosh, I just need to go back, start over. And what she, she came to me initially on the very first day and she, she had quite a bit of anxiety. She was a little worried about this. And if any of you are on our uh, Facebook group, Ty Evans Mulemanship Clinic. So you can go on there and, and she put a post about the Enterprise Clinic. Her name is Jan and just a great individual. But she came to me with quite a bit of anxiety the very first day talking about her mule, how she had some fears. She particularly had issues getting on this mule. Jan has had uh, both hips replaced and she has some other medical issues that make it kind of challenging for her to uh, to get up on the mule from the ground, especially she has to use a mounting block or a fence. Anyways, and the mule wasn't standing still for her, and uh, apparently she in the past has just had a posse <laughs> to to hold the mule still for her while she got on. And I told her, well, if you have to have a posse, unless you are, I don't know, some of my listeners out there, uh, you you would qualify for this, but unless you're paralyzed or you have a significant medical issue that requires you to have some assistance getting on, unless that's you, you shouldn't have somebody help you get on. And I've told, I told Jan this, I said, I trust nobody to hold a mule for me. Uh, it's just way too many wrecks. There's, you just see so many things go on. And I also grew up, you know, where, 
you know, my dad to say, get on that mule, he'd hold it. And sometimes he could hold it, but a lot of times he couldn't. And, uh, so I don't have a whole lot of, uh, I don't have a whole lot of faith in, in anybody holding my mule for me to get on. I just wouldn't trust anybody. And I told Jan, I said, you shouldn't trust me holding your mule either, because I've let go of a lot of mules that have drugged me around. You know, that's anyways, the, the point is, was we need to get this mule prepared to mount for you to get on it. You know, don't, don't skip that step and let's just, let's just hold it down, you know, cause you're, you're so, you guys get so obsessed with moving on to the next piece or, or doing something that you think you should be doing and, and you miss out on all these important pieces it happens all the time with all kinds of stuff. You get overwhelmed with, with moving on. Uh, and, and that's all your mind is is thinking about that that you don't consider the pieces that you need to be prepared to do it. So a lot of you in my clinics have heard me talk multiple times about get your mule ready to stop, get them ready to lope, get them ready to turn, get them ready to back, get them ready to side pass, ready to saddle, ready to catch. All these things you're you're working to get them ready to do it. That's the point. So having somebody you know, snub your mule down, hold it down, or even just somebody just hold the leader up while you get on, you're not getting them ready. And also, that's just a lot of false confidence, you guys. And I'm here to tell you, because I've been involved in all those types of wrecks and things. Nobody can hang on to that mule, okay? Even if it's the toughest son of a buck out there, he's not going to be able to hang on to your mule for you if it takes off. So it's just a really false reality. Just get your mule ready to ride. And this is what I told Jan. And she took it to heart. She said, thank you. Okay, let's work at it. And the whole first day of mulemanship one, she spent it trying to get the mule up to the fence to get it prepared. And I'd look over there and I'd give her some tips and I'd help her and, you know, just say a couple things to keep her on track. And she kept working at it and I left her alone and kept working at it and she finally was able to get that mule right up to that fence to stand still she, to where she could get on it. And by the end of the clinic, it was no big deal for her. And it was just a huge, a huge piece to be able to fill in, you know, just a, a huge foundation piece. Without it, the house crumbles. And um, so as you're, as you're working, uh, you know, I, you know, remember, uh, you know, with the with this mulemanship stuff, if you really want to make some good advancements and you want to do a good job, and you, you're really wanting to improve, you know, we really just can't skip steps. And also, don't be shy to go back, go back and prepare. Every day you start over. And you know, Sky told me a good analogy, and I actually put it in my newsletter. If you guys aren't subscribed to my newsletter, just go to my website tsmeals.com, and there's a little. Uh, pop up that says subscribe to the newsletter jump on there but i i talked about this today when i sent out that newsletter and um sky you know gave a great analogy uh she says it's kind of like these little kids playing legos so every day they get their little lego set out and they're trying to build you know whatever some some fort some batmobile some something you know some robot thing out of this lego set okay and they work at it, and uh, they don't quite get it done. And their their mom and dad comes in and says, hey, put your toys away, put your Legos away. So they throw it back in the box. And the next day they come out, and, um, you know, there might be some pieces of that foundation that's still there, but they kind of have to rebuild the Lego set again. 
you know, they get so far, then they got to put it back. And, you know, each day they kind of have to start over a little bit again and rebuild that Lego set. And each time that they rebuild the Lego set, they get it done faster, quicker. They're better at it. They, re- they remember it more. That's the same thing. That's the same exact thing that we see um, that needs to be done with with your mulemanship. You know, if you you come back and you start over every day, you rebuild it, you're going to get it done faster. It's not so time consuming. And also, uh, I would really love to kill the uh, <laughs> this this mindset that it is bad to go back to the beginning. Like there's this there's this little stigma or uh, maybe it's a culture, I don't know, that makes you feel bad for starting over again. And I don't think you should feel bad. I think you should be enlightened. Start over. Do it again and do it better. And that's my thought for, for you know, my everyday of writing. And like I said, this is something. I didn't invent this. I didn't come up with this, you guys. This is not something that that is original to me. This is something that I have observed from really great horsemen and women, really great mule men and women. They all are willing to start over, and it's no big deal to them. It doesn't bother them. It doesn't offend them. So, anyways, Jan did a, a very good job with her mule. She worked hard all week there in Enterprise and uh, made a lot of progress. The other thing, Jan was the only – so so she did both classes. She was our only person that double-dipped, we call it, right? And I know a lot of you have come to clinics. A lot of you have double-dipped and done both. There's a lot of work to do both classes. Well, Jan was our only one in Enterprise to do both classes. And uh, in fact, for the the uh, foundation class, she was the only one in the class. So, so what what we ended up doing was we did we swapped and we did the mulemanship class in the morning, the riding class, and then in the afternoon she basically got a private session of groundwork. And you know, three hours straight of groundwork for one person is kind of a lot um, because usually in our clinics, you know, you'll get a little time to soak because. I might come help you for a minute and then I leave you alone. I let you be there for a little while and you can kind of soak and, and take it easy. And then you can also watch the other participants and stuff. Well, she didn't get that opportunity. So it was all on her. So we ended up working an hour and a half, a couple hours each day and, uh, and worked through the checklist on her own. And, uh, anyways, good job, Jan, for hanging in there, being the only participant in the foundation class. We're one of the weirdest things I've, I haven't had, uh, you know, the last time I had only one participant uh, in a foundation class was was when my buddy Peter, <laughs> he was in a class in uh, in Indiana, like back in, I don't even know, 16, 17. And uh, he's the only foundation class participant. So it's been a while since that happened. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, so Jan, good job. Now, uh we also had a group of participants come from the National Park Service. And I have to get this right. It's the National Park Service because at first I said Forest Service. I said, hey, you Forest Service people. And they quickly informed me that they are not Forest Service people. They are National Park Service people. So make sure you get it right if you run into one of these folks, okay? But you know what? I really love when either the Forest Service or the National Park Service or law enforcement agencies that utilize equine um, and, and all kinds of other people come search and rescue people and things like that. I love when these, these government entities send their employees to come get some help with their mulemanship and horsemanship because that, you know, it, there's so many of them out there. They don't get the training they need. They'll do all these other trainings and all these other things, but 
you know, they'll just chuck them on the mules or on the horses and say, go pack a load in, you know, go do this, go do this, go patrol, you know, um, all these, you know, I get a lot of border patrol agents, um, when I go to Arizona, New Mexico and that, and I, I do appreciate when the border patrol sends them to get some education because it's kind of scary for them. A lot of these folks are just law enforcement guys. You know, they've been through, through the academy. They don't know anything about horses. And so they're like, Hey, can we come to the clinic? And you know, there are some border patrol folks using mules down there. And, uh, so anyways, we had three of them come from the national park service. And, uh, you know, something that came up was, you know, they said, Hey, you know, we don't get the opportunity uh, very often to just ride our mules and, and work, work just on a saddle mule. We always, almost always have a pack string in our hand, almost always. And, you know, they said, what, what do we do about that? And I said, you know what, you know, all these companies, all these businesses, all these law enforcement agencies, these parks, these forest service folks, you know, you, you, you know, everybody has to do stuff. You know, if you're a, if you're a law enforcement officer, you, you have to get your vehicle serviced. You have to get your oil changed. You have to change the filters. You got to get new tires. You got to, you got to grease stuff up. You got to take care of stuff. You got to clean your weapon. You got to, you know, all these things that they have to do. And then the forest service people, you know, there's, they got to take care of their gear and their tools and all this stuff. And, and then I said, you know, you really, you ought to, you, you ought to apply to your, your, um, managers or whatever they, whatever they're called in the park service, the, the higher ups and say, listen, we need a day, at least one day a week where we can do maintenance on our riding mules and it keep them safer for one. Cause you're actually working on the ride mule, getting some quality stuff done. You're making them safer and you're working on your riding skills too, rather than trying to just steer these things around and pull a pack string. That's a lot to, to really work on. So taking at least a day a week and, and focusing on that would be so good. And I've said this to all kinds of other people. You know, I, I get a lot of friends that, that cowboy for a living. And you think that, well, he cowboys for a living. He gets to ride all day long. Well, you know what? There's a lot of situations that you are kind of stuck just working and you don't actually get to, uh, you know, just, just play around and focus on mulemanship moves and horsemanship moves and, and honing in some of these skills, sometimes you just kind of get stuck, you know, doing some work. And, you know, I tell the Cowboys the same thing, you know, if you could just take a little time, you know, when you're riding out to the herd or when you're riding back from the herd or when you're, you know, in between, you know, shipments, or just, just hop on your horse or your mule and, and just do a few little odds and ends. You get so much further. And I told these Forest Service, uh, excuse me, I almost messed up. I told these National Park Service folks the same thing. You know, hey, okay, you're fixing to go out on this pack trip today. You got to haul this stuff in. Well, what if you just took the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes before you actually hit the trail and started, you know, down the trail and just worked on, you know, just just worked on um, a few odds and ends on the checklist before you actually grabbed the pack string and, and left. Anyways, they thought it was a great idea. I hope they apply apply that and um maybe their their bosses their high reps will actually let them do a little bit of of, of training and, and focusing on that that's maintenance for their job for their their vehicle you know their vehicle is that mule that's their transportation and you know if they had if they was in a patrol car if they was just driving around a truck they'd have to do maintenance on it regularly too so it's kind of the same thing there
So that was another thing that come up. It was kind of fun to talk about, you know, um, it was fun to see some, some old friends that have, have been coming to some clinics, uh, Got to give a shout out to Karen and her mule Rowdy. You know, Karen has has brought Rowdy. She brought him last year to a clinic in John Day and did the groundwork on him and did awesome. And then this year she came to John Day again and, you know, just started riding him. You know, he was pretty green. And then she brought him here to Enterprise and uh, just has made some great progress. And I really love seeing you guys get better and i love seeing your mules progress and i I just i love the success you know i'm a big fan of you guys succeeding i want you to be the best that you can be and i treat the mules the same way i I want i want this all to be just amazing for y'all so it was pretty cool to see that Uh, so good job shout out to karen and rowdy um you know uh another shout out i gotta give you know i always appreciate people that are really happy at the clinics um you know, your smile really does mean a lot to everybody. And it's amazing how one person's happiness has a way of bringing up the whole feeling of the class. And one one really nice lady uh, up there in Enterprise was, was a lady named Brenda. And she brought her donkey named Gus. And Brenda was just, just rode old Gus around, just smiling, just had a great time. And, uh, you know, so that was, that was great. So shout out to Brenda for doing that too. You know, I could go through everyone that, that was there and say, thank you and and say good job to all of them, but we don't have a, we don't have enough time on this show to be able to do that. So anyways, uh, we're going to take a quick break right now and thank a sponsor. And when I come back, I got a couple of questions from listeners that we're going to talk about. So hang tight. Hey, we want to thank our sponsors, Western Mule Magazine Ben and Anita Tennyson do a amazing job with their magazine. I've been writing for them for a few years now, and uh, they're great. Look up westernmulemagazine.com and check them out. Okay, we are back with the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast, and I am going to go over some questions from some listeners. The first question comes from an individual named Kate. And she is dealing with a 14-month-old mule that nips. Um, nipped her in the back of the arm. Ouch. You guys know that soft skin, backside of your arm? Ow. Oh, man. Anyways, um, so she's asking how to deal with this. Okay. The first thing to know, Kate, is it is normal for these youngsters to be really mouthy. Okay. So these these yearlings... I'd say from from the year old up to, to into their two year old year, they they're kind of going through a stage. Um, you know, they do teeth. You know, they're teething at that point, um, but they're also very curious, and they're trying to to explore the world more and more. And at that age, also, they kind of want to know how things work. Um, you can kind of think that a you know a mule that's about fourteen months old is kind of like a maybe a, a kid that's a uh, maybe uh, 13, 14 years old, and well, they're not quite a kid anymore, um, but they're really not an adult either, and they're trying to figure out where they stand in the world. And uh, they can get a little pushy at at that time, okay? So um, that's kind of what's going on with your baby. So what I would do is do a little bit more groundwork 
and establish a better relationship. One of the things that you can teach your mule to do is, is stop and just stand and be comfortable being out and away from you. And we implement that just, I mean, it's right with the very first couple steps of our groundwork, clearing the front and stopping, clearing the front and stopping. So that's kind of teach your mule about this rectangle, that groundwork process, all those steps we do. Uh, it's not just bunny foo-foo stuff to just kind of waste your time. No, it's, it's this is stuff that you're going to use this stuff. You're going to use this in the saddle later on when you ride. But more importantly for you right now is by doing the groundwork, you are going to teach your mule about this centeredness idea, about this idea of staying centered inside that box. And when they're centered inside that box, that does not include nipping you. So that would be my top suggestion would be to kind of get some things going with this youngster and establish those boundaries right there. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I don't know where this came from. I'm just quoting, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know where I can refer you to, to this actual quote, I don't, this quote. I've never seen it written down, okay? But somebody told me once that, that Ray Hunt uh, was asked the same question, what do I do when my horse bites me? And he simply said, endure the pain and don't let it happen again. <laughs> okay, so don't let it happen again. That's the hard part for people. If he bit you, Kate, it's too late. You, you, got, you let him get way too close to do that. You know, and a lot of people think it's kind of cute when the mules nuzzle and they they move their lips and they kind of search. No, we don't go for that. That's you're you're leading you're leading down a path of darkness there. So don't let it happen again. If he got close enough to bite you, you were way too slow. You weren't paying attention. You weren't aware of that mule. So practice your awareness. Pay attention to him. Don't let him get into into a position where he would bite you. Um, it's really important too with these babies to establish this, uh, centeredness rectangle I'm talking about to where I can, I can get in there and I could go pet on the mule and rub, rub the mule's ears or something like that. But then when I, when I back off and I get out of there, the mule shouldn't come with me. They should just be there and be happy to be there. So, um, I can kind of come into their rectangle, so to speak, but they can't come into mine without invitation. So that's kind of what we're looking for there. So anyways, I would start with the groundwork and then really work on yourself to be more aware. Don't let it happen again. If you see it brewing like he is maybe looking to bite, and a simple way to kind of know that he might bite is, you know, with these babies especially, no, it's, it's, it is very innocent, but they're, they're wanting to know if they can move you or not uh, a lot of the time. Um, and a lot of time, they just also don't realize that what they will do is it would inflict pain. They don't have that ability to reason like that. So, but it, when you see them start nibbling or they get busy with their lips, just redirect the mules, just clear the front, send them over there, get it, get them moving. So just don't let it happen again. That would be the main thing. Um, I've with all my mules, I've never had to do any corrections to biting. I just don't get myself in that position. And yes, I have been bit many a times. Um, and I, and I was, uh, and I was in the position to get bit, you know, and that's how I learned not to be in the position. So, so these days I just don't get in that position anymore. Um, and you, you know, there's, there's times that, you know, maybe you gotta be a little bit more aware and, and, and there's times I guess that they, they could kind of get you, um, you know, when you're not paying attention, but awareness is the key. So thanks for that question, Kate. 
I would start with that groundwork, like I said, and go from there. Okay. Um, the next question is going to be from Tustin Lance. Now, Tustin has sent some questions in in the past, for sure. Um, and he's been on the podcast a little bit here asking questions, so you might recognize that name. Um, Tustin says, hey, Ty, thanks for getting my questions answered when I send them. It's hunting season, so we are in full swing riding the mountains day and night, and my mule jewel is getting a bad habit. She likes to back up when I try to mount. I swear she would walk backwards to camp to keep me from getting on sometimes. I've had this problem at home in the corrals, but it's usually only a step or two, and then she stops. Out here, there isn't any stop. She will back up as far as she needs to keep away from uh, getting uh, me getting my foot in the stirrup and getting on. It's almost like she doesn't want the work involved when I'm on her. Um, thanks for any input, and thanks for your content. All right, good question, Tustin. So uh, it's pretty simple, man. Um, teach the mule to actually back up better and, uh, you'll be surprised on how that'll really affect this, uh, this false backing, you know, pretty much when the mule does anything, any movement that you don't want them to do, um, it's false movement. I call it. So let's backing up. You don't want it to back up, but it is backing up. You didn't ask it to back up, but he's backing up. That's false. So let's actually teach it to back up. So in that instance, I might actually ask the mule to back up further. And um, when I notice the mule starting to get a little sticky, I might put a little bit more pressure and say, no, or let's keep going. I might actually ask it to back up. That was one thing you could do is actually engage the backing up and put pressure on like you, you, you bring up, you bring up the life in yourself and the mule. Like you hustle this mule into backing up. You put a lot of pressure on it. And then as, as the mule hustles up and uh, you, you, you notice that you're kind of getting the mule elevated mentally, back off, stop asking it to back up, let the mule stop, and then let the mule just completely come down and self-regulate. Watch the mule's head to lower uh, because surely if you backed it up and you engaged it hard backing up, the mule's head's going to be high, uh, I'm sure of it. So let the head come down, let the mule change its breathing from its chest to its pelvic diaphragm so notice it starts to breathe out of its gut notice the the eyes get softer notice the body gets softer the tail get quieter notice the meal just take a breath and come down then you can go ahead and attempt to get on again um, the other thing you can do is if they go to back up you, you're probably in just a little awkward position to get on i would get on from if, if the mule is prone to back up i'm going to get on from the hip that means i'm, I'm going to be a little further back so my body will will be behind that drive line a lot of mules that back up you know they can get into that when you get on from the shoulder and i definitely get on colts from the shoulder um, because a lot of colts i'd rather them back up than bolt off forward for sure um, but if i have one that is prone to back up i might do it from the hip and then if you could be faster and you catch the mule when it's getting ready to leave. So this is this is a key piece to so many issues that we have. Just like the question I just answered about the biting. You just about you know, so many things are so similar to this, but you need to be aware of the mule getting ready to do the undesired thing. Pay attention to what they do. Um Ray Hunt would talk about it. He talks about it in his book Think Harmony with Horses. The horse always prepares to position for the transition. They always get ready to do something. So what is this mule doing to get ready to back up on you? So 
you watch as that meal, maybe you go to step up on it and it gets tense back off right there. Stop right there. Just pause for a second and let the mule self-regulate and come down. The mule is backing up because of some discomfort that is being presented. It might be how you're getting on. You might be twisting that saddle and hurting its back. You, you, you might not have it ready to get on. The mule might have just a little too much spice to it, and you need to maybe do some groundwork. Um, the, the, uh, you, uh, the list could go on and on of, of why the mule backs up. But what I'm talking about here, what I really care about, is what the mule is doing to prepare to back up. That's where you need to notice and when the mule prepares to position for that transition, you need to redirect that movement. And one of the simplest things you could do when with trouble mounting, uh, it, one thing you'll be in position to do as well is to roll the hind quarters. So when that mule starts to get ready to back up like that, you just uh, go ahead and roll the hinds two or three steps and you kind of hustle that hind quarter a little bit. And then you stop and you let the mule come down and self-regulate again. You know, after I do those movements, don't be in a hurry to just jump in there and get on. You kind of got to let this mule come back down. So that's something that I'd, I'd practice a lot of right there is, uh, is, is watching that animal. And when they prepare to position for the transition, redirect them. Kind of the same answer I just give Kate about the biting mule. You know, you guys, uh, they always prepare. Now, whether we're fast enough to get it or sometimes we are fast enough to get it, but we just ignore it. That's me. A lot of times I've I just push through it. Uh, you know, that's what, what gets us. So try to pre watch for them to prepare to position for the transition. So anyways, Tustin, uh, thanks for the question, man. Uh, that was a good one. Um, and all of you guys listening out there, hey, anytime you have a question and you would like it featured on the show, just uh, shoot me an email. My email is ty at tsmules.com. And uh, we'd love to get on the show. Now, one last thing that I want to talk about um, before uh, we finish up this podcast today is we have an exciting announcement, something that uh, I've been working on actually for quite a little while. Uh, it's been in the works, and I finally got it figured out, and uh, we're super excited to announce that we are going to be launching our Mulemanship Masterclass. And this is going to start in January uh, of 2023. And it's going to go all the way through October of 2023. So this is a 10-month course. Uh, this is for those of you that are super serious about your mulemanship, okay? This is this is if you're into it, like you really want to get better and you want continued help. Let me tell you why I'm doing this. You know, for, for the last 10 years of my career, I've showed up and I've done clinics for three days. And we make progress and we do some good. But then I leave and I don't see a lot of you till next year. And then we show up and we do a little bit more. Um, I want to see your progress through the year. And I want to help you get further in the year. So what this is is going to be an online course. You take the course. It's online. Every week I will uh, put a new uh, module on there with new exercises. And it's gonna, the reason it's 10 months is because, you guys, it takes a long time to build the mind and build the body to get the maneuver. You've heard me talk about this on so many episodes, right? So, uh, we, I want to, I want to stretch this out to where we're working just like if it was my mule, I want you guys to get a taste of the way I do it. These little steps at a time, every week we add on a little bit more, just another little step and we keep building and, uh, you're going to see the, the progress you're going to get in 10 months is going to be just just amazing. You're going to be so blown away. If you put the work in, that is, you got to put the work in. 
Um, so I'm excited to announce that it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, there's more details to come. Uh, a lot of great stuff. A lot of, a lot of one-on-one coaching is going to happen. Um, it's going to be super good. So if you are listening to this right now and you are interested in being on the list of, of email, uh, folks that I'm going to email when I'm ready to launch this thing, when I'm ready to take registration, which should be in a couple weeks, probably October, we'll take registrations for this. But if you want to be at the top of the list, if you want to be part of this for sure, because remember it is, it's going to be limited. This is going to be just a limited group of people because I can only coach so many. Um, it's going to be in two tiers. There's going to be a small group that I coach uh, that's that going to get a lot of perks. And then there's going to be another group that uh, just can follow along with the course and take the course on their own and maybe not get so much coaching. But uh, it is limited, you guys. So if you want to be on the list, send me an email, ty at tsmules.com and say, I'm interested in knowing more about the Mulemanship Masterclass and ask your questions on there. We'll get it answered, but uh, super excited about that, you guys. I can't wait to launch it. going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a big year, 2023, working on this stuff, so looking ahead to it, you guys. But hey, thanks for listening today. I appreciate you all. I uh, hope to see you guys at the clinic. We've got a few more coming up. Go to Iowa, Ohio, New York. Uh, got a couple in Virginia, Texas, one in Utah, and then we finish up the year in Massachusetts. So... Until then, you guys, God bless you, and we will see you down the road.